I'm Carrie Benedett, and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters, where you will find tools to revitalise you in your relationships, whether at work or in your personal life. Well, a little bit about me. I'm an education consultant specialising in emotional intelligence, and I use creative approaches that empower people with proven processes. I'm known for my high energy, passion and compassion for those in need of help. And I like to shine a spotlight on what we can do. I'm here to bring positivity, confidence and strength every day, everywhere. My mantra in life has been, let's give it a red hot shot. Our podcast today is all about standout decision making. So once again, I have Susan Judd from the beautiful Port Macquarie in New South Wales with us. So hi, Susan. How are you today? Hi, Carrie. I'm well, thank you. It's a bit cloudy and rainy up here today. So um, not, it's still beautiful, but uh, we're happy to see the rain. Oh, aren't we just? Uh, the whole of Australia is experiencing drought at the moment. But uh, Susan, even in talking about the drought and uh, how we go about our daily lives, we're going to look at some emotional reasoning today and how making decisions is dependent on what information we take into account to help us make those standout decisions. So I think it's pretty critical. One of the quotes I've been pondering this week, as you know, I like to ponder a little quote. Um, One from David Carlnitz is talking about the essential difference between emotion and reason is that emotion leads to action while reason leads to conclusions. So it's worth thinking about, isn't it? So let's do a bit of a dive into what emotional reasoning is all about. And the definition that we're going to use today is about using information from our feelings. That's feelings of ourself and others and combining it with other facts and information. It can be technical facts. It can be lots of different things, facts based on our values, beliefs, assumptions, but it's putting it all together and then how do we make the best decisions that will be the best for the um, outcome that we want. And can I just say, Carrie, that I'm absolutely fascinated by emotional reasoning because when I consider um, taking facts and feelings into account to come to decisions, I find, and then I think about the people I work with and the people I surround myself with some people make really, um, really can make a really fast decision, uh, and some people are a little bit slower and more considered in their decision making. However, then I think about so we've got fast and slow decision makers, but then mm. we've also got decisions made on, on just the logic and facts. You know, some people that um, I work with and, and and live with can really make um, a decision that's really just takes into consideration the facts and forget about the what's going on with the and the impact and the consequence emotionally that that's going to have on others so and and so and we know that when we're making decisions like that um through that the, the stuff going on in our brain right in that um, emotional center uh where people the way people feel impacts their behavior decisions and performance so it goes right back to the neuroscience of it all in when i forget to take into account what yeah. happens over here with people's emotions um then i might be putting them into threat state 
and what we really want is to keep them in reward state as often as we can. Well, look, I had a colleague, uh, a guy I worked with many years ago, and he used to say, he'd say things like, oh, it's very seductive. And that's how I believe um, emotional reasoning is too. The information we take in, how seductive is it for us if we don't have a balance? You know, we only we have a bias towards one, whether it's the emotion that we're biased towards or if is it the technical data because that's what we know and we feel confident about. So I love that word, seductive. And sometimes we get seduced into absolutely, I want that to happen. And yes, I want this to, to go the way I want it to go. And, you know, I'm going to go ahead and do this. And then I'll take the blame later on when... You know, we could actually do it slightly differently. We could we could be more robust. We could flex those EI muscles and we could be more robust in what we take into account. Yeah. I mean, you know, so what are some of the things, what are some of the skills we need to, we can focus on? And these aren't even tips yet. I just want to know about some of the behaviours that if, we're, if we've got good, sound um, EI skills in emotional reasoning, what are some of the things that we do more of, I guess? Uh, I think one of the first things that we have to do, and we, we, have, we have to tap into what values and, uh, uh, and assumptions that we're making when we're making a decision. Is there, is there something there that's um, feeling uncomfortable? Is there something that we're picking up um, through our guts, our gut feel or our intuition around making a decision if we go one way in particular? So how do we add up? How do we do a pro and a maybe a pros and cons of of what's going to do all a threats, um, a th you know, a SWOT analysis basically threats, you know, strengths. If I do this way, if I go this way, I think we actually have to tune into a lot more than just what we want, or what or how impulsive or how reactive we are. We actually have to think about values. We have to think about why we're making the decision who the decision will affect and what feelings we are actually experiencing while we're working this out. And some people, you're right, some people can do this very quickly and other times we will have to take time to actually make sure we've got all the information. So something that, I, something that comes to mind when you're, you know, in terms of that last comment was, is it then important from your perspective to ensure that we're consulting and collaborating with other people around us that might be impacted by our decisions? Oh, I think communicating your reasoning um, and what you're thinking is behind a decision is critical, especially if you're leading a team, especially if you're, you're leading a family. Um, it's, a, it's the same sort of thing. If you were coaching a footy team, They'd pretty well like to know why you selected the first 10 or the first 11 and dropped off the star player and that nobody had any, any idea. We, we see examples of this all the time in the media about decisions made and, um, and you know, the, then the different arguments that come, come back and forward that perhaps aren't considered. But a good leader will, all, will sometimes not be able to share all the information about a decision. I think for the occasions where it's impacting on, on a fairly large number of people, your decision actually sometimes will have to go the middle ground. 
and have to and will have to dip into your values and perhaps your mission statement or the the total outcome or the the final outcome of what this decision is going to affect. So in, in the workplace, um, taking some of these uh, examples into account, like some of the examples that where this might be really important, would be things like, and I'm asking for confirmation here, Carrie, um, for things like any kind of organisational change, and that could be, you know, a restructure, a merger, an acquisition, um, but it's also about changes in structure when you know you move managers change positions or we're moving people people on the chessboard that happens a lot in workplaces um, where job roles need to change based on the needs of the business all of these sorts of things are things where uh, are situations where um, we need to take into account the facts and the feelings is that oh, right absolutely yeah. absolutely Particularly, we're living in a in an age now of huge change, very quick change, um, and it seems to cascade. It doesn't seem to to change and then stop and and get grounded. It seems to be continual. Um, you know, everyone talks about being in the fourth revolution, where our um, artificial intelligence is is being used more and more for employment and for getting jobs done. Uh, uh, you look at um, inroads into medicine and health, uh, who's, who's actually preparing meals these days in, in um, large factories for, for shipping out. The AI, artificial intelligence, is actually affecting, affecting a lot of what we do. Um, so the feelings that are involved when someone's job is under threat or when they're being moved to somewhere where they think, oh, that's not what I signed up for, that's against, against my skill set, and it could also be against how I'm feeling about this based on my value system. They need to be considered. And um, I, think, I think it's critical because there are long-term and, and short-term impacts of our decisions on our colleagues, on the service that we provide, on the relationships that we have. So we want in, in every leader, no matter whether in, in a home or family or in a workplace, want their employees, the people that they work with, their colleagues, their peers, to feel valued for what they're doing. Mm, okay, because then it makes me think that it's going back to a previous podcast around that we talked about last time, all around authenticity mm. and being genuine. And so when we're making these kinds of decisions, we need to, um, we need to have, then have these genuine conversations around what's going on and why we've come to the decision we've come to. We've taken into account this and this and this, you know, we've taken into the technical aspects, we've taken into financial and productivity, and we've also understand that this is going to be difficult and challenging and um, there's going to be people who are impacted um, and then go into threat state. So, um, you know, so it goes back to those kind of skills we were talking about Previously, in terms of having what we were we, we positioned as difficult conversations or challenging conversations, um, but really authentic and genuine uh, conversations with people, so they're in, so they're included, um, and we're also then you know making sure we're meeting their needs in terms of understanding and um, giving them some sort of certainty around what's going to come next. I think you're spot on. The certainty is is a big deal for a lot of people because there's a lot of anxiety around 
major changes, especially if the decisions, if there's not enough information that goes with how the decisions were made and who they're going to impact on. So a leader standing up in front of their team saying, um, I've, I've just been to uh, the, you know, to, to my manager. Um, they've said um, the shareholders are demanding that we, um, we up our profits. That means we actually have to cut something, right? There's going to be, there's going to be uh, no replacement of uh, so many jobs at the end of their contracts within the next six months. This means there would be some redundancies given. Um, there could be a choice for, for people who want to move on. But be aware that we will be looking at um, altering the way we are operating at the moment. And so everybody hears this, goes, oh, big brother, here we go again. I'm just living through all these renditions of change and rationalisation. How's it going to affect me? And so anxiety levels come up. But if you had a boss that comes in and says, look, this is, I'm, I am feeling, um, I'm understanding, I'm, I'm feeling similar to what you are. There's some uncertainty here. We're going to, you know, we want to be able to, to trust the process that's in place. I, I have asked for input uh, at particular times from our team to help us with the decision going forward. Um, and we'll be able to, we'll keep you up to date with the information as it rolls. That's probably a better way of discussing those big changes around your job security um, than just saying, hey, a couple of redundancies on the table. Here they are. Put your hat in the, hat in the ring. See what you want to do. And that's just, that's just a basic example. Um, yeah. Of some of the things I've seen in my, in my years of experience, yeah. It makes me, you know, when you were talking about this, you know, we were talking, we started talking about redundancy or organisational change. It makes me think about some of the smaller things that happen on a much more frequent basis that put people into threat state that may, probably means we should be being a bit more collaborative and consultative about decisions that impact people's work. And that's things like, oh, they want to move desks. They want to rearrange the office, right? So, and people get really, you know, safe and secure in their environment. So when they're, come in and their desk has moved this has happened you know they're going to some people can go to meltdown because that you know where is my stuff it's like an invasion of privacy and you didn't give me the heads up um, and it can really impact people's productivity but then it makes me think about home and how we <laughs> as parents or even one parent if you've got another parent living in the home with you um, can change goalposts because you know, you're reacting to something that's happening and all of a sudden, oh, you know, that child isn't going there now, they're going over here and you forget to tell your partner what's going on. Yeah. You make a decision in your household that, oh, now we're going to paint the, you know, paint the room orange um, and it was, you know, green yesterday. Uh, but that's an issue. That's an, something that's impacting my life um, yeah. and, and what I was predicting was going to happen tomorrow. So... You know, it, it, these are all seemingly small things that can actually really impact people's um, motivation, people's uh, communication and desire to, um, to, to come on the journey with you, whether it's work or home. Well, that, we've given you some examples of uh, probably both ends of the spectrum, really large, large scale change or issues that affect us that can get... A, get um, uh, an emotional reaction from the decisions being made to to things that we live with every day, and 
you know, we really are masters of change. We're actually quite agile in working with change in our day-to-day -day life. And making decisions can be as small as, actually, I can't pick up um, so-and-so from school today because this has just happened, bang, 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 can you do that? To, you know, I've walked home in the door, I've just been told I've got a redundancy and there's a whole change that then is going to affect. But you know what? Whatever decisions we make, I think there's a few checks that we can put in place for ourselves. And one of those is, you know, if the decision I made went public, to say it was a private decision, if that decision went public, how would my family react to that? Or would my, my very best friends turn around and go, that was the worst decision you've ever made in your life. Look, what, look who it's affected and you, you didn't take that into account. Bang, bang, bang. So, Carrie, just on that point that you've just raised, does that mean you're suggesting that maybe we slow the decision-making process down for some of us who uh, tend to make quick, bold decisions and forget about, maybe don't take into account some of the consequences, whether it's a large or a small, boom, 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 we make the decision and hang on a minute, the suggestion, the tip is, okay, people, be a bit reflective, slow it down and do we need, who else do we need to talk to? Uh, yeah, absolutely, because not all decisions need a huge amount of information in, technical data and emotional data. There are some that have to just to happen and they, they will be uh, very effective and there's no, no talk about them. But there are other decisions that, yes, need to be slowed down so you can get all the facts. You know, thinking, think about behaviour, student behaviour. You know, if someone's put on a, a demerit or uh, is being expelled from, from a school. You know, a lot of, that's a whole process. Someone who's, who's um, not able to work at, um, at their job because of a number of issues that are going on for them. You know, the, the decisions that are made according to their circumstance do take different times. So the slowing down and being thoughtful and, ha and having a process um, is, is worthwhile. Yeah. Okay. A um, couple of tips before we wind up for this session today. Um, it's always, uh, there's so much to talk about. Um, and we probably go off on a few little tangents every now and then. But to me, emotional reasoning is the area when I did my 360 a few years ago, that has, has now increased. Each time I do a 360 or an assessment on myself, my emotional reasoning has altered. So it has improved, I've got to tell you, and um, I'm really pleased about that. Maybe it's something about being older and wiser, I don't know, but um, it's because I've actually put some time into refining this and working on it. So I think that's a good thing to find out about for any of you who are curious about uh, where you sit for any of your EI skills. It's, it's quite an adventure and great lifelong learning. So a couple of tips to leave you with um, this um, podcast will be um, using your journal. Let's go back to that journal and writing down the pros and cons, the fors and against making a decision. What's the information that you need to take into account um, if that helps you make a decision that's going to affect not just you, but more than you and perhaps your lifestyle or your work life. So that would be one of my um, my first tips. Can I give you my, my top tip, Carrie? Yes, please. My top tip would be to, um, con you know, involve other people, the people around you. Oh. I mean, I'm a collaborator, right? So yeah. I just love to get 
talk to people and get other people's ideas and perspectives. Um, it's not easy for some, it's that, that's not easy for some people. Um, so, you know, opening up the decision-making process and, you know, and I guess I talked earlier about slowing it down, but also then doing, having some brainstorming with other people because they have, people bring different perspectives to the table and they give um, and they bring in different ideas um, that then you can then put through their through their those ideas through their paces to see you know to give you that different context so I really love the idea oh. of gathering people you trust around you gathering people that are involved and going to be impacted by certain decisions and having a um, having an open discussion and brainstorm around this is the problem what do you reckon well that's very AI because you're giving yourself room to think to take it into consideration and you're giving yourself room to be aware of your own emotions and aware of the other of others emotions as well and how it's going to affect them so great strategy thanks for sharing that have a good week everybody uh, we'll be back again and our next podcast is all about resiliency being the key to our life and our work so looking forward to that so once again if you've enjoyed today hop onto itunes and give us a vote bye all right, thanks, Carrie.